Students, happy Wednesday. You're listening to Answers to Gospel Questions with Brother Lawson and Brother Wing. Good afternoon, Brother Wing, on this glorious Wednesday. How are you? I'm doing well. Things are really good. I was, I, just, I don't know how you spent your Labor Day weekend, but I was in East Texas, oh, in a rural man. part I of hear, East Texas. I hear East Texas is lit on Labor Day weekend. It was, it was actually really nice and pleasant, but there are, I thought Arkansas had lots of bugs, uh-huh. but in rural East Texas, man, I saw bugs I'd never seen before. Oh man. You know, speaking of bugs, bugs in the scriptures are often called pestilence, which is one of the signs of the second coming today, Brother Wing. I thought one of the things we could talk about as we're studying Isaiah is we could just go ahead and answer the question for everybody when the second coming is. Uh, and I think people are interested in when the, when the second coming is, and maybe we could tell them today when it, when it is, what do you think? I'll be, I'll be interested in that answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've got an answer for you. I know, uh, I know students you're thinking about that. You're listening to this and you're like, come on, do they really know? Yeah, we really know when the second coming is, we don't know the date the hour or any of the, or the day or the month, but we know some of the things that have to happen in order for the second coming to, to come. And one of the reasons why we know uh, these things is because Isaiah, Isaiah teaches, teaches us about the second coming and some of the events that, that are surrounding that and how chaotic the world is going to be. And so when we're asking the question, when is the second coming? We're not asking it at a, as a point of, hey, I'm just curious, when's the second coming? But it's like, holy cow, the world is crazy around us. It's chaotic. When is the second coming? It'd be really nice to know when it is so that, you know, I know how long I need to hang on for. Um, so let's jump in today. Uh, let's just look at Isaiah chapter six, brother wing and see what Isaiah can teach us about how long, uh, the, we're going to be living in this crazy town, uh, until the second coming happens. Yeah, I like how you presented that. So really the question is how do we, how do we function well, uh, mm-hmm. until the second coming yeah. uh, takes place knowing that things are pretty, difficult or chaotic or even contentious uh, Mm -hmm. around us and lots of confusion and challenges. So as we go into Isaiah chapter six, um, the first four verses, we're going to notice some interesting things about how Isaiah describes this very sacred experience where he saw the Lord sitting on his throne and he describes what he saw there. Um, Even seraphim with Six wings, which we know little about these uh, creatures, if you want to call it that. But mm-hmm. surely there's some symbolism here um, in describing all of this. But that the emphasis certainly is on the Lord's power and his glory. And so perhaps like verse three, um, one cried unto another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And then there's even an effect of this, like the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried and the house was filled with smoke. Um, All of this seems to convey the power of God. And maybe perhaps this is a way to 
start to help us navigate this crazy world is to put our focus on God, acknowledge his glory and power, um, recognize um, that he, he does have control, you know, and he, and his ways are not our ways. And we don't understand everything that he's doing. He does allow certain difficulties to take place, but we can put our focus on him and then start to grapple with the other challenges that we have, having first established that he is God. You know, I think one of the things that people uh, struggle with, I know I've had this thought before, is when you have this, you have a, a, a super spiritual experience like Isaiah has had here, uh, or when we, you know, we know that, that God exists, we know that Jesus Christ is his son, but yet we worry sometimes like, oh man, uh, am I going to be good enough? uh, for, am I good enough for, for God and for Jesus? Is this like, what's it going to be like when this, if the second coming happens, am I going to, am I going to burn up? Am I not going to make it, uh, or, or what? And it's interesting that the Isaiah, this is a thought that seems, seems like he has as he has this experience where, uh, with, with the Lord, one of the, one of the first thoughts that he has is, what was me for I'm undone. Like I'm not, he, he doesn't feel perfect enough. He doesn't feel righteous enough to be having this, this experience that he's having in verse five. He says, what was me for I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. And so uh, symbolically, one of the seraphims comes and places a, a coal on his lips and which cleanses his lips, right? Similarly, how the atonement cleanses us, the atonement of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us and, and makes us whole. It's interesting. I think one lesson from this, as we're considering when the second coming is, uh, when it's going to happen, is that is that Jesus doesn't um, wait for us to put ourselves together before he comes for us. He doesn't wait for us to uh, to just be, you know, be keeping all the commandments and being perfect and in every way, but he comes for us in our undone state, uh, just like he did with with Isaiah here. And he works with Isaiah, who's a great guy, who uh, is just feeling like that he has a few weaknesses here and there that he needs to work on. And so uh, don't be surprised if the Lord if the Lord comes for you when you feel like you're not ready uh, for him to come just yet, he's the one that gets to decide when you're ready for him to come, not you. That's a great thought. And you know, it, it's so encouraging because we could say, well, the glory of God is so great that how dare I even participate with him mm -hmm. or do his work or um, I, I can never be good enough to be a part of his work. Um, and so, yeah, God's going to take us where we are, but he's not going to, he's fine with us being in an undone state because he knows what he can do with us. Right. And so he's not going to leave us in that undone state. <clears throat> and so it's perfect to, can, to see the symbolism of what verse six is telling us with this live coal that's taken. And then it's laid upon the mouth of Isaiah. And so, but where was this live coal taken from? It was off the altar, right? you know? And so, now, now that there's direct connection there with the sacrifice of Christ and what he's offered that we, we have, we don't need to run away from our sins is the point. And, and Isaiah doesn't even need to run away from God at this point, right. like be, 
because of Christ that we can uh, be made better and be made worthy for the assignments that God has for us. We can have confidence in the world to go out into the world and do good things. We can also have confidence to take on the challenges that God uh, calls us to experience. Just this morning in uh, Institute, we were talking about, I'm teaching a Latter-day Saint history class, and we were talking about the uh, Angel Moroni's visit to, to Joseph Smith. And it's interesting that when uh, Moroni appeared to Joseph Smith, he appeared in consequence of Joseph pleading in prayer uh, to have a heavenly manifestations to forgive him of, of his sins. He felt like he had really disappointed God because in the three and a half years since he had seen him when he was uh, 14 in the sacred grove, uh, he, he felt like he hadn't lived up to his potential as a person who hadn't experienced like that. And so he was, he was pleading for forgiveness, which Moroni came and said, Hey, the Lord wanted me to tell you you're forgiven. And now you got some work to do, which is similar. I mean, this is almost an exact experience that Isaiah is having. He has an angelic visit. Uh, he receives forgiveness of his sins. And now in verse nine, he say uh, he gets the the uh, commission to go preach to the people. Right, Go preach to the people repentance, which is a, the commission that Joseph Smith received well or received as well. And like Joseph Smith, uh, many of the people that Isaiah taught, that the scriptures say here in verses 9 and 10, their ears were heavy, their hearts were wax fat, they, uh, they wouldn't see with their eyes, they wouldn't hear with their ears, they were, they were struggling spiritually. And uh, the word, Isaiah's words weren't penetrating their ears or their hearts or their, or their eyes. Uh, and in verse 11... Isaiah asked the question, how long is it? How long am I going to preach for? How long are these people going to be this way? And, and we get an answer. Um, what's the answer that Isaiah gets to that question? How long is the, is the world just going to be in this type of commotion and, and spiritual uh, blindness? Yeah. And he's going to preach until cities be wasted without inhabitant. It's going to go for that long and the house yeah. is without man. There's, you know, the people are in his day are kind of ripe, ripening for destruction. Um, and he's preaching to encourage them to repent, but they won't, you know, and maybe that's perhaps that's the suggestion here that the heart of the people are fat and their ears are heavy and shut their eyes that they're, they're not going to understand. They're not, they're going to by and large reject what Isaiah has to say, but the Lord's going to have him preach anyway. Um, again, perhaps because the 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 intended audience for Isaiah um, in the end is is us. Right. You know that that um, there's more to Isaiah's preaching, and his audience might be bigger than even he realized then. Um, certainly, he saw our day. Certainly, he had uh, visions, and so. Um, but uh, just like uh, just like many prophets, that their their words and their work extends much further beyond their own day and that we can then benefit from that. And that might be the hope then that's coming in the end when it talks about that uh, there's going to be destruction, but verse 13 talks about people returning, you know, yeah. and that even like a teal tree that can be just completely cut down, but then, then regrow, 
you know, miraculously, you know, as, as if it's like the tree's dead, but it's not dead and, it's, and it can, it can grow and there can be a return and a restoration. And so, yeah, keep preaching because your words, your message, there are people even beyond your day, that are going to hear your message and be edified and blessed and drawn closer to Christ because of it. Yeah. I think, you know, sometimes it's because it's right in front of us and sometimes People who leave the church, they make a grand extra, a grand exit on social media or something like that. But I bet if you think about it, think about people who have returned. Think about people who have made huge life changes and now are some of the uh, greatest disciples. Uh, the Lord is, um, I think, one of the things that we learn about God from this chapter in Isaiah is that He is willing to take a lot of time. Just like we learn in Jacob five in the Book of Mormon, we're going to dig about and dung those trees and prune them and work with them until they start bearing forth uh, good fruit. Uh, I don't think, uh, luckily, God doesn't work on our timetable. Luckily, works on His, and it's not over until He says it's over. And so, like you said, and like like you told Isaiah, you just keep preaching because you never know when hearts are going to change. Uh, and so, and so, keep with it. You don't need to, we don't need to get frustrated about it. Here's, here is the, here's the last thing I'll say, brother. I'm going to tell you uh, when the second coming of Jesus is going to be right now. I've saved it for the very last part of the podcast. Okay. So that it will reward the people who've, who've, who've stayed the longest, but the second coming of the Lord is going to be for everyone listening right now in 2022, it's going to be within the next 120 years because everybody's going to be dead that's listening to this <laughs> podcast right now. I'm just, I'm just planning on it. You're going to be dead. And for all intents and purposes, that's the second coming for you. When we die, uh, we'll be taken back to that God who gave, gave us life. And so we don't need to be worrying about when the, the actual event of the second coming is, but we need to live in a way that we're ready at any moment uh, to meet the Savior again, because it could happen for any of us at, at any moment. And so, uh, so repent uh, and keep preaching. That's the message. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to Answers to Gospel Questions today. Share this podcast with somebody else. Come to our institute class. And remember, we love your guts, everybody. Stay righteous.